Rusty Quill presents. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Nai. I was having a good dream. There was a speakeasy, an old jazz club. There was music. We were dancing. Hazy, gorgeous, sepia-toned, romantic, swaying in the arms of someone who looked at me like Dreamy as a Christmas day back home. Like warm lights and hot chocolate with cinnamon and nutmeg scents in the air. Then there was a... Disruption. A young man stumbling in. Entirely out of place. Both washed out and... Clearer than anyone in the room. Falling apart. Afraid, surrounded by a crackling miasma of horror, held together and held back by grasping, clawing hands, crackling like static, like insects under the skin. He begged me for help, and I gave him my lingling awe. I groped blindly for the place he was in and found it, familiar. Like the sickening aura I brushed from Donner's shoulders when we met up at church in Walsley. The place Ashvin had expended too much power. Where they survived the walking dead. Abe was the name this young man gave me. A hapless innocent. Trapped where my friends had escaped. Where we'd planned to confront the woman who so boldly called for Ashvin to meet her altogether. We now had to formulate a different plan. When I awoke, my lingling all was gone, and if I had any doubts that it was just a nightmare, they were laid to rest. Hey, we're here. Where are you at? Just off the side street. We've got line of sight to the gate but not much further. Okay. We don't know how much she knows. 
but she's got to know something. We ready? Ha. Huh. No. Getting cold feet? It's fine. I always perform better under pressure. I don't like it. You sure you don't want to switch out, partner? I was thinking that as well. Between the two of you, I always figured Rick was the better liar. <laughs> Usually I'd agree. But this time... There's something I need to see. <sighs> yeah, I know. And Donner's got a better eye. He's also a better shot if things go sideways, so... I'm feeling a little more confident in him watching your back than me, babe. What about the girls? Not feeling much more ready, but if Mary knows what she's doing... When do I ever not? <laughs> do you want the answer chronologically or alphabetically? Ooh, you're mouthy today. I bring it out in him. Huh. So are we all ready? Never. And always. Hey, at least you'll be awake for this one. Which is supposed to be better, right, Mari? Mm, can neither confirm nor deny. Wonderful. Good luck, partner. Good luck, babe. You too. Stay safe. Almost afraid to ask where the heck you got 50 feet of hemp rope. I take it you've never been to a Michael's. Canada's National Bookstore. I thought that was Indigo. That's not... Never mind. You're both clear on the instructions, right? Clear on? No. Remember them? Yes. So, we're just gonna hold on to the rope while you go to sleep and... Dreamwalk? Pretty much, yeah. One sleeping, one waking to watch for threats. As you can see, I've left you enough tools to protect you. <laughs> tools. I know you do real magic and all, but I'll be honest. The moment you brought out the wood carving of a man with a gigantic penis, I was about convinced you were trolling us. I literally wear a uterus around my neck every day. Lakumbaka just looks like this. Don't judge him. So these are gods? Images of them. Lakumbaka is a god of fences. He'll protect you from those who do you wrong as long as you remain within his reach. I've laid down salt, lit you candles. In the way of my ancestors, I've stained my teeth with betel leaves and left the chewed up excess in a bowl, with another bowl of rice as an offering. I'm far from home, but I'm doing what I can to ensure neither of you come to harm. I've also left some crucifixes here for your benefit. Hey there, Jesus. Long time no see. So, just to recap, all I need to do is fall asleep and hold on to the rope? Wait for you to tug on it so we can pull you back in from wherever you're going? Just about. You're both under my protection and theirs. I'm tethered to you in the physical world with this rope around my waist, and should carry that into dreams. Astral projection? Ash told me a bit. Ash is going to need a lot of practice before he tries this, though, to be fair, the first step to it is just getting high, so maybe he's got to leg off on me. I'm not exactly an expert on this side of the practice, but needs must. It shouldn't take too long for me to find Abe, at least not in the physical world. Good. They might need you in there if things don't go smoothly. I'll be back as soon as I can. I'm going down. Be right with you, if I can get to sleep fast enough. You don't have to worry about that. What the? 
Christ! Warn a guy next time. Good night, Murphy. Stay safe. When I opened the door, I saw Laura at the passenger window, waving me goodbye. I waved back. I walked across the grass, silently. My feet did not touch the ground as such. The rope extended behind me. It felt like forever. Only a second. I saw it. A shed. A lonely house, sitting on a curved horizon. Roiling in the dark, its edges holding something wild and dangerous inside. When I was inside, I saw far too many stairways and hallways stretch out before me, doors opening and closing, every step moving me across its shifting perspectives. Machine-like, trying to form sense out of the senseless, power beneath the surface. Even without understanding the full structure of the Escheresque nightmare, I understood that this was an attempt to capture power that could not be contained. I opened one door and saw a man running desperately through a tunnel, a car rushing behind him, trying, and eventually succeeding, to run him over. His last scream echoed endlessly into the stone and steel. I opened another door, and I saw a woman drown beneath the ice, not able to find where she had fallen through. She couldn't breach the surface, and her terror stayed with her all the way down until she froze right through, and her muscles failed, and she died not three feet away from the enormous hole cracked through the ice. In the third door, I saw her. Alice James, the homeless woman, the singer Donner and I found in that condemned building months ago. She had a nightmare I could only catch glimpses of, a laughing crowd and a voiceless woman sobbing like a silent film on stage, a thousand faceless people shoving into her as she walked through colorless Toronto streets, now the only one able to speak, while everything was silent and ignorant around her. This was a dangerous place I'd found myself in, not just for the trap this Abe had walked himself into, but for what this trap was really trying to keep contained. A familiar, wild thing that nobody had any business trying to tame. A few more doors, a few more nightmares, a man in stark shadow in an abandoned place, stalked by something in the shadows he could not outrun nor hide from. A person tied down in a white bed in a white room, overcome with terror at the shadow beyond the door the night they died from an overdose. A child gone exploring, lost in endless woods in a night that wouldn't end, until the thing that hunted them finally came. Then... I found him, sitting by the door I next opened, 
hugging his knees. A barely there image, but stark against the gray world he stood at the fringes of. Abe? <gasps> you? you? Is it really you? You don't look like... I mean, I thought it was another nightmare. Another lie. No. You called me, remember? And I promised I'd come. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, God. Oh, God, you were real. You're real. How did you even... Oh, no, no. If you're here, then you can't find your way out. Everything's too confusing, too messed up, and there's something here. Something hunting. It has this horrible smile, this this red face. It, it hasn't found me. I stayed quiet, stayed still for God knows how long. Don't worry. I can find my way back. And it can't hurt you while you're wearing this. My Ling Ling O. Oh. Are you sure? If this was anywhere else, I doubt it. But where we are right now, it's... <sighs> yeah. I'm sure. But let's not stick around for much longer, okay? Hey, can I ask your name? You kind of just showed up out of nowhere to rescue me, so... Oh, yeah. Mary. And you know my name. My mind is racing right now, I'm not gonna lie. Are you, like, a real person, or a manifestation of something else? Did I just go crazy and dream you up in my last moments? <laughs> I'm a person, Abe. Just like you. With extra bits, I guess you could say. Right, right. So, like, is this your job? Some kind of dreamwalker thing? Is that offensive? I'm sorry. Are, are you, like, native? Or, uh... No... Though, you're not the first person to ask me that. I'm Filipino, and my job is a freelance audio editor and sound designer. Oh, uh, me too. I mean, not the sound designer thing. Though, I've had to do a few videos where I guess I've had to be a bit of a sound editor. I mean, Filipino. But like, by way of Toronto my whole life. You know, born and raised Filipino-Canadian, I guess. <laughs> oh my god, that's a long fall. Take a breath. There's nowhere to fall. Oh. Oh, good. That's, that's comforting. <laughs> um, no. I mean, if you fall off from here, you'll end up nowhere. And <laughs> that's not something you want. Right. <laughs> right. Did you hear that? The pain and suffering of countless terrified dying people on loop behind the doors? Yes, Abe. I can hear that. No, no, it's not that. It's... Oh, no. Look! Ah. Is that the, um... Thing you mentioned that was... Hunting? Uh-huh. Don't worry. I got you. Here. Wrap part of this rope around your waist so we don't get separated. Oh, wow. Is it magic rope? <laughs> Only if you consider Michael's to be a magical place, like I do. <laughs> okay. Alright. 
So you, uh, tethered yourself to something. Is there someone on the other end waiting for a tug? That's right. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Oh. oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh. No. What, what is it? Something doesn't want us to leave. What does that even mean? Get ready to jump. What? Jump! Ah! No! Oh. Damn it. Come on, guys. Pull. <laughs> Mari. I see it. Can it reach us from there? Just focus on getting over this ledge. Thank God. Come on. My friends are pulling us back. Hurry! What is that? Damn it! Abe, get behind me. Uh, but... Now! Bless. It's not letting us out! Come on! did it. We're... Oh, hey. Hey. Final stretch. You with me? God, I'm so tired. Why am I so tired? Come on. Almost home. Is that... Is that a van? Yep. My friends are waiting in there. Oh, that's... Oh, that's nice. Hey, Mari. Yeah? Uh, thank you. Salamat. You're very welcome, Abe. Uh. This is what I saw. It's hard to remember everything. Dreams, you know? The moment you're awake enough to remember things, the images start to slip through your fingers. But I remember falling asleep and not waking up, but being aware in the exact same place, sitting up in the front passenger seat of a van looking out the window as Mari walked away. Mari looked... I don't know... I thought about that fairy tale of Rumpelstiltskin, weaving straw into gold, like I was seeing the hemp rope around her waist transform into gold where it touched her. Or maybe she was gold? The farther she got, the bigger she looked. But only when I was looking for my periphery, when I turned away and saw her in the corner of my vision. I held on, like she said. Then I startled at a shape darting across the windshield. 
couldn't tell you what it was. It was like a bug, but too big, too long. Then it was a man on all fours, but more limbs than that. But it wasn't a man either. I don't know. I don't remember. I know that Rick Murphy was sitting right next to me, but for some reason it was like he wasn't there at all. He was there, but like a painted background in an old animated film. He's not going to move, so you're not supposed to pay attention. I couldn't pay attention to him. I knew I wasn't alone, but I couldn't make myself turn to him and ask if he saw what I saw. There were more things outside, always on my periphery, but everywhere. Creatures, shapes, humanoid and not. I could hear the telltale gurgle of the rotting thing that plunged me into this world months ago, always behind us, but always out of sight. Unease settled into my skin, but I held on. I tried not to look in the side mirror, but I knew there was something familiar for me to see there. And then I looked out the passenger side window, and I saw something crawling, skittering in the dirt, dragging something behind it, right up to the front wheel of the van. It was too fast for me to see it, but I knew it was there. Then one hand came up to the window, palm bitten off at the heel, finger bones with only a hint of skin stretched over them laid flat against the window. I didn't want to see it, but I couldn't turn away. <laughs> a face, all red, enormous eyes, a brown tooth rotting grin stretched too far across and up on either side. I was frozen in fear. As far as I was concerned, I was alone next to this... this thing looking at me with that horrifying Cheshire grin. All I could do was look behind it. I could see something in the distance, like a distortion. Static and optical illusion surrounding a shed? A house? On a hill? No, a horizon, but curved. Close to what I saw the day we saved Evelyn from George Langford, but soaked in the strange colors and shapes of a nightmare. And I saw a hand reaching over the curved horizon, shimmering bright gold like starlight against the night sky. The long-fingered golden hand of a giant reaching towards us in our van. The only protection we had against the thing outside the window. I felt a tug on the rope in my hands, and I pulled, even though all I was doing was adding more lengths of the rope to my feet, to my lap. Pulling it from nothing and nowhere, but knowing I was pulling something back, like Mari had asked us to do. The red-faced thing turned and slipped away, out of view, like an animal sensing an apex predator coming its way. Next thing I knew, the golden giant in my periphery melted away, and I startled when a hand knocked on the window. And there she was, Mary looking exhausted, giving me a thumbs up with one hand while she supported a slumped figure with her other arm, gesturing for us to unlock the back. I was awake, though I didn't remember waking up. I know things happened that I'm not remembering now, but Mari was back, and she had Abe with her, and Rick Murphy was sitting beside me, again. This is what I saw. We'd parked beside a field that led up to the bushes behind the Bartolotti estate, out of view from the front cameras, close enough to where me, Donner, and Ashvin had to fight off the walking dead. I knew a back way, in through the thicker forest bordering the area, but Mari, 
assured us that she didn't need a physical entrance the way she was going. There wasn't much at first. Mari did her weird sleep magic on Laura, knocking her out, creepy as hell. But with Mari, we always assume good intentions, so I tried not to let it get to me. Then, Mari was out, sleeping on her back, barely breathing, hemp rope tied around her waist, the end of which I tied to my own belt, just to make sure. I guess maybe I imagined her spirit departing her body like astral projecting in the movies, but she just looked like she was dreaming. Though, if I wasn't paying attention to the rise and fall of her chest, I'd have just as easily assumed she was dead. Her little statues, her gods, she said, stood around her in silent vigil. Strange looking. And we had a few jokes at their expense, but maybe it's just Mari's talk getting to me, but they felt comforting. Like they were actually protecting us. Mari told us not to open the windows, so I just watched the outside pass by wind blowing against the nearby trees, a strange, tiny tornado upending leaves nearby. I expected to see more wildlife, but there didn't seem to be any around. It took me a second to realize how strange it was that there weren't even any birds. Couldn't even hear them. It was silent, but for the wind and the distant passing of cars. Clouds began to block out the sunlight of midday, and I watched the shadows play over the grass. Then, I heard Laura gasp in sleep. I looked around, one hand on my gun. Nothing. But it was darker now, like it was about to rain. But, when I looked at Laura again, I froze. There was a handprint on the window, though not of a whole hand, and the imprint of something I'd have to be incredibly generous to call a face. I took a picture with my phone, in case that come to anything. I did see something living, finally, but it was just insects. First one, a fly outside my window. Then I noticed the swarm hovering around the back window of the van where Mari was laid out. It was darker than it had any right to be, like mid-afternoon in winter. Autumn was coming soon, but this was bizarre, even for someone who's literally seen and shot zombies in the face. In the distance, I watched sunlight sweep across the field, the clouds parting and giving way. It hit the side mirror just right, blinding me for just a second. The afterimage of something... golden? A strange shadow of too many arms flashed its way into my vision. I felt a tug on the rope, pulling from somewhere I couldn't see, even though its entire length was wrapped up right here inside the van. I started pulling. I wasn't sure what I was accomplishing, pulling rope from Mari's place in the back to the front seat, 
but I figured I could trust Mari's word on its effectiveness. Then I heard a knock on the window, but nobody was there. I was cautious, but I heard four knocks in the back. And right on the last knock, Laura woke up. Open the door, she said to me. So I did. And someone yanked the back door open. Mari. I looked down into the back of the van, and she wasn't there. Now, she was standing in the door, looking disheveled, holding the guy I assumed was Abe up by one arm. She'd done it. But the look on her face? It was clear that we weren't finished. You did it. Barely, but yeah. Thanks for pulling me back in. You're welcome, I guess. Things were iffy there for a bit. How is he? He'll be okay. Maybe a little dehydrated, but he wasn't necessarily physically there. What happened? He was sneaking in for some reason. Some kind of supernatural investigation, I guess. But there was something else there, and he got trapped. God, it's a miracle he found me, called for my help. It was like pulling myself out of a whirlpool. How long was I out? Not long. Fifteen minutes, maybe? I don't know if it was just me, but there's something really wrong with this place. Do we really have to wait here for much longer? Damn it. Murphy, can you get Abe out and make sure he's okay? You and Laura. You're asking me to leave my partner? Alright, fine. You don't have to leave. Laura? Way ahead of you. Give me the keys, Rick. What are you planning? I need to talk to this... Vanessa Bartolotti. What she's got in there is worse than I could have ever imagined, and... I'm worried about what might be going on in there with our boys, with what I saw. I'm with you. This good? How much worry are we talking? I'm hoping for a lot less than I'm expecting. Hey, we've got this. Well, you've got this. And if this lady knocks you out... <laughs> she does. She'll have a lot worse to deal with. Murphy? You good? Are you? <sighs> Come on. Let's go. You're listening to Hainai by Motsi Dapul. This is Raj Heli, co-creator and co-producer of Hainai. Hainai is a podcast produced by Motsi Dapol, Yoi Halago, and me, and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode was written and directed by Motsi Dapol, 
who also plays the role of Mary the Tuin. The role of Donner was played by Leon Johnson. The role of Murphy was played by Edward Boxler. The role of Ashvin was played by Adil R. The role of Laura was played by Abigail Rhodes. And the role of Abe was played by Matt Gador. To help support the production of Hainai, you can buy us a milk tea at coffee or subscribe to our coffee gold at coffee.com slash Hainaipod. That's ko-fi.com slash Hainaipod. Or you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Hainaipod. You can also check out official Hainai merchandise on our Redbubble store at redbubble.com slash people slash Hainaipod. Hainai is available on Podbean, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can find the links to these channels, along with news and updates, on our official blog, hainaipod.tumblr.com. If you get to listen, leave us a rating and review while you're at it. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at hainaipod. Once again, thanks for all your support, and thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.